God, we've been living in the midst of chaos for so long, we, don't, we, we consider it to be normal. But if we pause to think for a minute, it's not hard to find chaos in our families, in our congregation, in our private lives, in our nation, in our world. Right from the beginning of the Bible, you show us that it's your nature to bring order out of chaos. Every Shabbat, when we come to the end, we talk about you as Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lechol, the one who makes a separation between the holy and the profane. You're the God who makes a separation between Israel and the nations, a distinction between light and night and day, all kinds of distinctions. You, uh, I wouldn't say impose order, but that might be the word to use. You create order in the midst of chaos. Help us during this brief time we have to consider your word, to become intolerant of chaos. Help us to aspire to something greater, something humanly impossible, your order in the midst of chaos. We know that will come when all the earth is filled with the knowledge of the, of the Lord like the waters cover the sea, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. We know that day is coming when there will be perfect order instead of chaos. The, our tradition calls it Hayom Shekolo Shabbat, the day that is entirely Shabbat. But we pray, Lord, that you would make us emissaries of your order in this world. Help us not to settle for what you are dissatisfied with. Help us to aspire to what you want, we ask in Yeshua's name. Okay, my friends. Let's look at this first before I go on. You'll notice up there, see that dragon up there? That stands for Leviathan. My father and I did not have... Um, very many religious discussions. I can count on them on the, I can count our religious discussions on the thumbs of two hands. One of those discussions, um, he quoted back to me from what he had learned from in Midrash in Cheder back in Europe. He said, he said, Leviathan, the 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 end of the age, Leviathan, the people sitting around and eating the flesh of Leviathan. He says, ridiculous. That was it. That, that's a, uh, that's a, something from the Midrash, from the Im imaginative commentaries on, on scriptural stories. But Leviathan is a mythical uh, sea monster that symbolizes the threat of chaos, uh, the environment of chaos in which God's order must be instituted. So that's why I have Leviathan up there. And then down below that is this guy, Michel Michelangelo, uh, and that's from his creation story, where the finger of God is touching the finger of man. And it's a nice way of, of picturing the fact that, that God has delegated us. He's is the word, deputized us. He's deputized us to be his creative, order-imposing 
agents in the world. Judaism picks up on this and calls it tikkun olam, the repair of a broken world. That's our job. We should not be passive about chaos, because God was not passive about chaos. And as we'll see from the scripture, he appoints us to be his agents. Now, um, I, I've been given a device which is anti-Semitic. <laughs> um, excuse me a moment. Huh? Excuse me. Did you do that? Look, I don't need your help making a fool out of myself. I can do that. Is this missing a battery? No, it's charged. You can use this button here. I have been using that button. Is it working? Yes. All right. Let's begin with this quote. That fellow face up in the right is uh, Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Sachs, former um, Grand Rabbi of the United Kingdom. And if you've never experienced his mind, you're missing something. He is one of the most amazing men I've ever encountered in my life. Read his writings. You just can't figure out how anyone could have the breadth of frame of reference that he has. He is brilliant is easy. He's more than brilliant. He's remarkable. And this is something he says about our creation story. He says, in the Torah's creation story, what is missing is the element of struggle between rival gods that dominates all mythical accounts of creation. You don't, in that passage we read, you don't read about Leviathan popping up. But you do have these hints. Bereshit beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without, without form and void. It was chaotic. So there is that little hint about chaos, but there's not the emphasis that there is in the pagan myths. The Torah thus dismisses the most common features of myth, the primal battle against the goddess of the sea, symbol of the forces of chaos. So the purpose of Bereshit chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, is clear. The universe is good. It is a place of structure and order. But I would remind us that it's a place of order imposed in the midst of chaos. There's a book by uh, Rabbi Soloveitchik uh, that talks about creation, and it's an extraordinary book. And he makes this point that I just made. Well, let's move on. What are we looking at today? Okay, I'm pushing all your buttons. God's consistent intention is to create order in the midst of chaos. I want to demonstrate the hints of this from the story we just read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was unformed and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God needed to illuminate the formless darkness. 
God saw that the light was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day, the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning, one day. Please switch. We read further in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis. Adonai God took the person, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. Notice, to cultivate it and care for it. That means to put it in order. You just don't leave it the way it is. There's that deputizing work. Uh, so from the ground, Adonai formed every animal and every bird that flies in the air, and he brought them to the person to see what he would call them. And whatever the person would call each living creature, that was its name. That's also Adam being deputized to kind of take charge of creation. He gets to, to name things. He gets to put them in place. He gets them to relate them to each other. So the person gave names to all the livestock, to the birds in the air, and to every creature. Now, that is our task. Our task is to be order makers in the midst of chaos. It is still our task. Um, I am particularly bothered at this time in my life by chaos in the political realm. And we are not entitled to just simply say, well, Yeshua's coming someday, and I don't have to worry about that. Wrong. We are supposed to be God's agents in making wrong things right, in making confused things um, uh, to be straightened out. We are supposed to be makers, creators of order in the midst of chaos. And uh, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So, our tool, what is our tool? Our tool is Torah, which is more broadly than just the five books of Moses, is God's holy instruction. And here, these, these uh, are quotes from our Haftorah reading from today. I'm relating for you all three of our readings. From the Haftorah reading, we read this. You see much, but you don't pay attention. You open your ears, but you don't listen. That was Israel's problem. That's why they were going off into the chaos of, of, of exile. Adonai was pleased for his righteousness' sake to make the Torah great and glorious. That's God's order. When God, when God uh, imposes order on the chaos in creation, what do we read? The earth was out formless and void. Darkness is on the face of the deep. What's the next verse? Huh? That's right. And God said, let there be light. It's God's word, his revelation, that imposes order in the midst of chaos. And here Isaiah, as he's meditating on the creation, he talks about our chaos and about how God was pleased for his righteousness' sake to make his Torah great and glorious. He goes on to say, but this is a people pillaged and plundered, all trapped in holes and sequestered in prisons. Are you trapped in a hole in this time in your life? Are you stuck in a prison? Is there chaos in your life? I'm sure this is true of somebody. They are there to be plundered with no one to rescue them. They're to be pillaged and no one says return them. 
Which of you will listen to this? Who will hear and give heed in the times to come? We're in the midst of chaos, plundered, stuck in holes, stuck in prisons. What's the answer to our chaos? Who gave Yaakov to be pillaged? Israel to be to the plunderers. Didn't Adonai against whom we sinned and whose ways they refused to walk? He whose Torah they did not obey. There's the second mention in the Haftorah of Torah, of God's holy instruction. God's holy instruction is his life preserver for us in the midst of our chaos. But I would say, without fear of contradiction, that for most people who call ourselves the people of God, our knowledge of Scripture is um, superficial. People use the Bible to, to validate their own pet opinions. They use the Bible to prove uh, that Donald Trump is the king of the universe or to prove that only Democrats serve God. They use it either way. You know, uh, people use the Bible as a justification for their pet shtick. The Bible is the word of the living God who spoke and the world came into being. It's not a prop for our little pet opinions. But uh, if, you know, I was thinking about Ellen. Ellen Goldsmith, may she rest in peace, and I know she does. Although I'm not sure that there's much peace in heaven since she got there. <laughs> but that's another story. Ellen was a woman with a beat-up Bible. Her, her Bible looked like it had been through a, a, an atomic blast. Because she, she'd get up every morning, you know, she was unusual. Uh, she worked like 12, 14, 16 hours a day, but she'd be up at like 4 in the morning studying the Bible for a couple of hours before she got off and running. But it wasn't just that she studied. She was immersed in it. She lived in it. She searched in it. She, she bathed in it. It, 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 it had a never-ending fascination. It permeated the whole operating system of her life. That's what the Scripture is supposed to be for us. It's supposed to download God's operating system into our lives. But most people, and I'm not faulting you, I'm not picking fights. I'm in the same kind of mess. Most of us, we use scripture to kind of justify our own pathetic ways of looking at things. Scripture stands in judgment of our pathetic ways of looking at things. And if you don't feel arrested and corrected by scripture, if it doesn't pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of your heart, then you are not encountering scripture. You're only encountering your own religious ideas. Do you understand? So, we have sinned. We refuse to walk in his ways. His Torah, we did not obey. But this is our tool for dealing with the chaos in our lives. A radical exposure to Scripture. I'm still trying to get this thing to work. I think you probably have a, a, a battery in here from 1994. Okay. 
Just as it was God's word that created order in the midst of chaos in the creation of the world, so it is deep responsiveness to God's word that brings order in the midst of the chaos in the world we inhabit it. Deep responsiveness to God's word. Now, we've looked at our task, which is to be order makers, order creators. We've looked at our tool, which is essentially a radical, transformative, submitted, in some ways, chastened encounter with God's word. Now, who's our temp- what's our template? Our template is the word made flesh, Yeshua the Messiah, who's not just the Messiah. He's more than that. He's the word made flesh. He's the very expression of God's nature in human form. He's not, we tend to think of him as the one who died for our sins, but it's much more than that. So, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the, with God in the beginning. All things came to be through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. It's interesting. I never saw this before this week. Uh, the creation story starts the same way in the beginning, doesn't it? Just as in the beginning was the Word. And in the creation story, what's the first thing that, that we here created? Light. God said, let there be light. It's interesting that John picks up on that rhythm here, and he says, in him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. So this is like, this is intentionally a picture of a new creation, of new creation. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not suppressed it. He was in the world. The world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his homeland. His own people did not receive him. But as to many as did receive him, to those who put their trust in his person and his power, he gave the right to become children of God, not because of bloodline, physical impulse, or human intention, but because of God. The word became a human being, and he lives with us. We saw his Shekhinah, the Shekhinah of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. We have all received from his fullness, yes, grace upon grace. Now here, this is something that's easily misunderstood. For the Torah, God's written instruction was given through Moshe. Grace and truth came through Yeshua the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, but the only and unique Son who is identical with God and is at the Father's side, he has made him known. I want to look at this a minute by looking at the next slide. pair of glasses. My wife went to Dr. Nishimuri, Dr. Nishimuri, who's our optometrist. I'm going to go myself. When you go to the optometrist, you're already wearing a pair of glasses. But you, you discover that you don't see very clearly. And so when you go and get another set of glasses, hopefully you see more clearly, don't you? But you're looking at the same picture, the same scenery, 
the same neighborhood, the same street signs that you looked at before, only you're seeing them more clearly. I want you to think of this as a relationship between Yeshua and the written scripture. Written scripture are the glasses that were given by God. But in Yeshua, we're given additional lenses. We see more clearly the same picture that we saw with the Torah glasses. We don't throw that picture out. It just gets clarified. So don't think about getting rid of, the, of, the, of, of Torah as though, uh, as, as though now you don't see the same picture you saw before. You do. Torah shows you the same picture. In Yeshua, it becomes clearer to us. But it's still the same picture. So our task is to be order creators in the world that God created, to create order in the midst of whatever chaos we find ourselves in. The tool that we have to give us the perspective, the instructions, the goals that are involved in bringing order of chaos is God's Torah, God's instruction, founded on the five books of Moses, but expanded in, God's, in the fullness of God's holy instruction. That's our tool. But the template, the way in which we, we make sure that we've got our balance and we see things clearly, is Yeshua. No, no one has ever seen God, but the only Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has made Him known. He, he reveals to us with clarity who God is and what life is all about. So with one more uh, slide. Today's considerations, creating order amidst chaos was our task. Creating order amidst chaos, our tool is God's instruction. And our template is Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. That takes us back to our first slide. Our job description is creating order amidst chaos. We still have to wrestle with Leviathan. We have to wrestle with the forces of chaos that seek to destabilize our lives and rob God of glory. But as we see in the picture from Michelangelo, God reaches out his hand and deputizes us to be his partners. So, I hope I've given a challenge to you, any of you who are passive, and I hope I've given encouragement to many of you. God has not left us without help. He's given us the tool that we need. He's given us the template that we need. And now what we need to do is get to work. Pray with me. Father, we hardly know how to pray. The problem is, is on the one hand, we don't know where to begin. But on the other hand, we're conscious of the fact that it's so easy to trivialize everything about you. We are natural-born idol-makers. And so we hardly dare to pray. 
But we do ask that by your spirit, you would give us clarity about our task. You would give us confidence in our tool. And you would give us um, a submissive, worshipful attitude towards Yeshua, who was our template, our paragon, our clear lens. We ask you this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Okay, my friends. Uh, I guess it's uh, uh, Alenu.